Welcome to the Three Stars Podcast. This is an amateur movie podcast where your three stars try to give at least three stars to movies we watch. And here are your three stars, starting with Jared. Hello. And then Zareen. How's it going? And then your third star is me, Megan. Hello, everyone. Um, so the first thing that we are going to talk about as per usual is what we've been watching in the month of October. So let's go ahead and start with Jared. Yeah, so for the month of October, it's been relatively lighter watch. Uh, I started off with Fantastic Mr. Fox. I showed that to students, and it was cool to see one of the kids uh, really in the sense of humor. So um, that kid is going to be a funny kid growing up, to say the, to say, um, the least. And then the other movie I watched was The Creator. Um, uh, I... I'm a, I'm a fan of Gareth Edwards, the director. I liked Godzilla and Rogue One. So, um, but yeah, the movie was good. The story was very, like, whatever. But the special effects and the behind the scenes about the special effects is very interesting because they didn't blow a lot of the money on it. And then after that, I watched the four episodes of uh, the limited series Beckham on Netflix, just talking about David Beckham's life uh, in regards to um, soccer and also to the kind of the uh, superstar, uh, talking about the superstar he was, like uh, married to um, Posh Spice and just how everything unfolded with that. And then I ended things off uh, watching Five Nights at Freddy's uh, on Peacock. Uh, it was pretty. It was it, it was pretty interesting to say the least. But um, but yes, that's what I watched in October. Zareen, what have you been watching in October? Yeah. So this past month, honestly, the past couple months, I feel like I've been like very dry in terms of TV for me. Um, so I haven't really been having any t TV shows to watch, but I watched a couple movies. Um, I finally watched Babylon, which I had heard so much about from Jared raving about it. Um, but I had never, I knew it was like really long, so I'd never wanted to like sit down and watch it, but I finally did. And I enjoyed it a lot. I liked that it was like, it's a lot about the movies and like the enjoyment of cinema as a medium. So that was really cool. Um, and then another movie that I had been meaning to watch for a while that I finally got to was Get Out, and I freaking loved it. I feel like that's like my level of like kind of like horror-y, thrillery stuff that I can handle. Um, so I, I thought it was great. I, I think for a while I was like always worried that it would be like too scary, but it, it really wasn't that scary. So um, yeah, that was awesome. Um, and then the other movie I watched was that in SF there was a SF South Asian Film Festival, um, just like maybe like a weekend or two ago. Um, I just like heard about through some newsletter. Um, and then I looked through the list and there were actually like two movies there that were Bengali movies, um, which is the language that I speak. And so I got a bunch of my Bengali friends together and then we watched this um, one of them, which was called Gatal, which means jackfruit in Bengali. And um, it was really funny about these like two little boys in Bangladesh who are like 
they steal this like massive gigantic jackfruit and do all sorts of ridiculous things with it um and we were just like cracking up the entire time while watching the movie it was at the roxy um so it was a super fun time i really liked it um and then outside of that um so one show that i did just start watching this week um that i'm fully obsessed with now is taskmaster which is a british um comedy game show where the the contestants are all like comedians and they're performing like very very ridiculous absurd tasks and then get judged for them um and it's super funny and it's all like free available on youtube um so i've been watching a lot of that this week that's like my new obsession and would highly recommend uh megan what have you been up to this month the only i've been super busy and unfortunately haven't prioritized much like consumption of like movies or tv shows so the only other movie that i've watched besides our october movie was um anatomy of a fall which was which won the palm d'or um yeah that was well i enjoyed the film um that's all i have to say <laughs> it's a 2023 film um like i said that won the palm d'or it's like i believe a french film and um it's about a family of three, so a husband and wife and their visually impaired son. They kind of live in like a remote area. And then the husband is found dead. And essentially the wife is the main suspect and um the main witness is their son who's visually impaired. And it's a courtroom drama. So it was really interesting and I enjoyed it. Um it was showing at the Alamo. So shout out to the Alamo. I'm a movie pass holder there. But I know that's not in like, like all theaters. So, but that was like literally the only movie I watched in the month of October. Um, so, yeah. Okay. So, we'll go ahead and jump into our movie, our only movie, October movie to talk about, which was recommended by Jared. Um, so, we'll go ahead and jump to Jared to talk about. The Martin Scorsese film *Killers of the Flower Moon*. Yeah, *Killers of the Flower Moon* um, is directed by Martin Scorsese. Hopefully, not the last, but definitely um, either the penultimate or the second-to-last movie he's going to create. Hopefully, um, nevertheless, this movie uh, follows uh, Ernest, I believe, is his name, as he comes back from the war. He needs a job. And he links up with his uncle in Oklahoma, I believe it's Fairfax, where uh, the in the 20s, I believe, uh, the Osage Osage uh, Nation hit struck gold with uh, oil. So everybody's moving there for work, and um, slowly this this movie just follows the the honestly just the steel and just the um, almost complete just massacre of the osage people and just how uh, white people uh, was trying to take everything from them and it just follows a bunch of murders and um 
anything you can expect in a Martin Scorsese film about white crime. But initial thoughts from me, I thought um, Elephant in the Room, and I feel like everybody can speak on this, is like it was long. However, I don't think um, it being long is like long equals bad. I think that's a very dumb take to say about this movie. Uh, however, uh, just to get out of the way, it was long for me, um, but that didn't ruin the the runtime. How about for everybody else? Like, Zareen, what do you think about the length? Um, the length didn't bother me at all, actually. Um, it was, I mean, it's probably like one of the longest movies I've seen at nearly three and a half hours. And I, I knew that going in, so I purposely chose a matinee showing. So I watched it on like Friday, 3 p.m. the day it came out. Um, because I know from past experience watching Oppenheimer at night that I would <laughs> fall asleep <laughs> if I tried that again. Um, but yeah, lengthwise, I was very like pleasantly surprised that um, I didn't really feel the length. I did need to kind of go to the bathroom for the last hour. But besides that, um, I was, I think it like speaks to like how it was a very good movie. Um, because even with that length, it didn't bother me too much. Awesome. How about you, Megan? I would agree with Zareen. I was very surprised that it wasn't... Like, I did feel the length of the movie, but not in the sense where I was tired. I kind of just thought I was kind of predicting where the movie would end. So I was getting a little, like, antsy. Um... But I, I don't know. I'm honestly kind of goaded. So I went to bed at 1230 a.m. the night before Sunday night. And then I had to show up to work and teach all these crazy kids. And then I, my showing was at 6 p.m. And so I just came home and ate dinner and went to the Alamo to watch the show. And then I was kind of like a trooper. But I would I also say that's the... I feel like speaks to the movie and to me it was like pretty engaging most of the time I wasn't I was very nervous I was honestly very nervous leading up to the movie because I was pretty exhausted from my work day I just a long day but I felt pretty engaged with the movie the entire time there were points where I was like okay is it gonna end now I was kind of like waiting for it to end but not because I was so I guess it did start to feel long but not in the sense where I was bored. I was just like, like, okay, it has to end soon. Like, isn't it three and a half hours now? Kind of thing. But it was, I, I have opinions about long movies. I don't think movies should be that long. But with that said, I thought the, the runtime was like, okay. Yeah, and I feel like it was very justified. I feel like there were a lot of stuff to be covered and especially just the context about the film i feel like they needed to show everything just because of it this uh history of america is not talked about a lot especially too um we grew up in california so we learn about california history i bet i bet you in oklahoma they don't they don't cover this as extensively as um they should so um that's where like the question arises about film is is film more so like for escapism but or is it really a vehicle to also inform as well and kind of kind of also um 
just really highlight and paint that dark picture of America and just what America was built on. Um, just this, uh, honestly, being complacent with uh, these killings and these uh, um, that have that has happened in America. So I really appreciate Martin Scorsese just taking his time because um, there's definitely I I I knowing the length I would see scenes that they uh, included and I'm like, huh. I, I'm, I was just like, I wonder why they included that. Uh, like, just very trivial scenes. Um, but, no, I feel like... I, I, I do understand people uh, when they do, don't do like this movie because it was too long. Like, I, I, I feel that. However, to use that as your sole justification of why the movie's bad, I think it's very stupid. But, um... Besides, so just getting that out of the way, uh, besides the length, just like what uh, you two are saying, initial thoughts uh, for me, it was um, really dense, but still really good. Uh, the performances were great. I really loved uh, Robert De Niro, actually. And um, I feel like for Leonardo DiCaprio, I wasn't too much of a fan of, of his performance. Then again, I'm not really a big fan of him. So, but he, he was very serviceable. Uh, and then, I mean, we're all going to sing her praises, but Lily Gladstone was great. Uh, she carried the movie. She was the, she was the backbone of the movie, but, um, but yes, there, there are so many side characters and just without like getting into spoilers, those are my initial thoughts and, uh, Megan, what, what were uh, some of your initial thoughts? Um, I well, I always feel like I say this. I didn't really know what the movie was about going into it, so I overall really enjoyed the movie. Um, like Jared was saying, I liked how it depicted, um, like the harsh, like reality to American history that we don't always like hear about or see. Um, so I really enjoyed during, like, watching about, um like the indigenous people from the Osage nation um, and kind of like their history and how they were like wrongfully murdered. So I just thought it was really interesting to see that story on screen because I feel like those stories aren't necessarily always highlighted, but I thought the performances were great. I, uh, maybe I'll save that for later actually. But yeah, overall I just thought it was really good and to back to what jared was saying earlier about the runtime um shoot what was i gonna say fudge sorry i forgot what i was gonna say about the runtime but yeah sorry my initial thoughts are that it was good not really anything insightful my bad i was gonna say something but i lost my train of thought i'm gonna go ahead and pass it to zareen yeah so i actually went into the movie having already read the book that it was based on. Um, so I came in knowing everything that was going to happen ahead of time, which I think is not what most of most audiences um, will come in with. Um, so I was like really curious to see how they would adapt the book to the film and um, like what types of departures they would make, like what they would choose to focus on. Um, I think like my my overall impression is that I think it was it was a very good movie, um, but there were kind of like two like pretty big shifts that they made 
um, which I'll just describe as an overview of, but we can get more into in the spoiler section of the discussion, which is like one that they kind of revealed a lot of the information from the beginning of the movie, um, whereas in the book it was um, not revealed until the end. Um, so that was something that was like pretty surprising to me. And then the other thing is that um, they very much changed, they completely changed the perspective. Whereas in the book, it's done from the perspective of the investigator who's looking into these murders. And in the book, in the movie, it's done from the perspective of the murderers themselves. So um, yeah, we can talk more about what, if that worked or didn't work, or if we liked it if, or didn't like it uh, when we get to that. Yeah, we can go ahead and start now. So spoiler discussion. If you haven't seen Killers of the Flower Moon, please watch it and then tune in later so you can hear this part. But uh, Zareen, well, I'm very curious because uh, I think I'm going to have uh, different uh, opinions about you in regards to the choice of um, the, the story structure and just the point of view it was being told. What were your thoughts about that? Yeah, so so I think my my thoughts have also shifted a bit um, since I've read watched it and like talked to some other people. So my first thing that I was surprised by was that um, like in in the book, it's really kind of like an investigation of the murders, and you're with the investigator who's played by Jesse Plemons in the movie, um, kind of throughout, and as he's uncovering information and running into dead ends and, you know, finding a lead and the lead gets murdered and he has to try different ways. You're kind of like with him along that whole journey. And then you don't figure out like who's actually committing these horrendous crimes until the very end. And I was like pretty surprised to see in the movie that from the beginning, you kind of see like one of the earliest scenes is like Ernest and um, Bill are like sitting down and they're kind of like talking about exactly what they're planning to do, which is to like marry into these Osage women's families and eventually get rid of them so that the head rights get passed to them and the white men can sort of just take all of their incredible, incredible amounts of wealth. And that leads to them committing some like really, really horrendous crimes, like, you know, giving them poison through means of their doctors or hiring hitmen to kill them off, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so I, like, my initial thought was that I finished watching the movie and I was like, huh, that didn't feel, like, very suspenseful or I felt like the drama wasn't quite there because we know exactly what's going on from the very beginning. It's not, like, much of a surprise or, like, a twist at the end, which um, in the book I was like, whoa, like, we initially see like the husbands the sheriff are like both extremely kind of seem like benign characters who are like on the side of the osage community they're like integrating into their culture and everything so you think that they're on their side but you find out that they're actually kind of acting as double agents um so my initial thought was like i i didn't think that was like as effective from from like a storytelling perspective but i i'm curious to hear what you guys think because i did talked to one of my friends um after she watched it who hadn't read the book going in and 
from hearing her perspective, I realized that like it wasn't actually at least for her like completely clear what was going on from the beginning. Like I think if you were to watch it a second time, maybe it would be more obvious. But like upon first watch, like she didn't actually fully like have clarified or understand what was happening until like maybe like the last third or like you know the later sequences. So the like unfolding of the information, the revelation of the information was still felt like it it wasn't like oh she knew exactly what was happening from the beginning it still felt like it was like a slower reveal for her so yeah i, I want to hear like how the like revelation of information like worked for you guys so when you're talking about like how clear it was are you talking specifically about how like, a robert de niro and leonardo DiCaprio's and like his brother in the movie how they're essentially a part of the scheme to steal from this family. Yeah, like, like yeah, what they that, were you conspiring about, like, to do. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, so I kind of had, like, I kind of had an inkling. Just because I feel like there was, Robert De Niro's character would cons- would sometimes allude to the wealth of, like, these Native Americans. And so... Like, in a way, that was just kind of be, like, raise an eyebrow of, like, oh, like, how, look how wealthy they are in, a, in an envious way, kind of, too. So it wasn't, when it was revealed to me that he was um, a villain, um, it wasn't shocking to me, but I feel like it made, everything made sense. So I, I actually would agree with your friend, as a person who has not read the book. I I don't think things were a surprise to me. I think everything just came full circle, if that makes any sense at all. Like it I was like, oh, that makes sense now. But I wasn't like I wasn't I didn't like have it wasn't jaw dropping to me when things were revealed. Um, but I feel like things were there, but you were trying to slowly figure them out and you maybe had a hunch, but everything made sense when you when I feel like the, one of the first reveals is when you saw Leonardo DiCaprio and his brother in the movie, when it showed a different angle of a crime that they committed, and you could actually like see their faces. That it was them who did it. Which I I, it was- I I love the edit. They just talked about how it it was it was the the they hired like a private investigator, right? It was it was mm-hmm. that what you're talking about, right? They hired a yeah. private investigator, and they just show him getting beat up, and then later, I think during the trials or something. The, the, the edit that they showed like they went back to that but then they showed it was them who beat them up which is yeah. just um i mean like jump jumping around it just goes it just so interesting just that Ernest character is 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 so so interesting um but um yeah because he's so troubled and i just yeah. feel like it was really interesting because i feel like you were kind of convinced that also because like I feel like you kind of maybe saw the murders separate from the relationship of Leonardo DiCaprio and um, what's the character's name or at least the actress Lily Molly is the character's name of Molly right Um, so Ernest and Molly I feel like personally as for me when I first perceived it I kind of thought obviously they were happening within the same world world 
um, the murders and their relationship. But I just kind of thought they were like separate, but then they were very much related. And I feel like that kind of you were bridge like building that connection or like bridging that connection as like the movie progressed. Um, to me, at least for at least me, I didn't I didn't really see them as connected. And they slowly started to become connected when you see that the sisters are being murdered. And then um you kind of think that maybe like Molly's next, but then uh and then each like sister gets murdered, the mom dies, and you're kind of like, what is Leo safe? But you're like, oh my god, Leo is one of the people who are committing these crimes. I don't know. So I, firstly, for me, I don't know if I was like just oblivious to this all. And it wasn't surprised to me when I did see that he was a part of it. We were like, oh, my God, it makes sense. Um, so that's how I perceived everything. Yeah, I, I agree. I definitely like just the first scene where, where when they're in the house, there's definitely this implied like sinister um sinister mood that just uh De Niro just carries just like what you mentioned Zareen about how they talked about the head rights and how you would you're like you got to make sure you sign the head rights so that you can so that you can get claim to the land to the oil it's like stuff like that I'm like okay like I'm like but I I I didn't think well no I, I um I knew he was bad because like this movie is about um just the the ultimately just taking it the white people just taking it down advantage of um native americans specifically the osage people but it wasn't it really wasn't until i I believe one of their weddings when they were like when the editor was um showing like what, what was focusing on 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 this like woman who was who was i think it was one of the sisters who was like who is sad or something and then you see like De Niro like talking to her and I'm like I'm like okay like something's up like I, I wonder what's gonna happen and then eventually she dies and I'm like oh okay like I can just like I guess De Niro's like controlling everything so um yes I I, I wasn't um I didn't like see it at first but I, I wasn't like Megan I wasn't surprised um but my question I guess did 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 you take issue with that at all, Zareen, or no? No, I think I can like after talking to you guys and having talked to other people, I can see that like the that aspect of the viewing experience was kind of ruined for me by already knowing what was happening. So I think like if you were to maybe like watch it on second watch or because I like I knew both what was going to happen in the movie and a lot of additional context as well so every time there were like those little like seeds being planted which for nor like typical audience i think would be like like kind of like a hmm or like oh what's going on but for me i'm like oh they're just telling me everything but it's because i had so much more context behind all of that so yeah i think if i had gone in without having read the book it i would have had the same experience as you guys is what i'm saying question do you think that Though, if it were presented in a different way or like a different timeline, would that have improved the viewing experience for you? Or do you just, or was it just the fact that you read the book initially? Yeah, I mean, I think I was like, 
thinking of it in terms of the way the book did it um, as potentially being a better option in terms of like not because they're basically in the movie they're presenting both the scenes of like like what Molly and like her family sees but then you also get like it's kind of like an omniscient perspective right you're also getting to Mm -hmm. see what the brothers and the uncle are doing right so Mm -hmm. I was initially thinking like oh if they only showed us what Molly knew and then like you slowly like piece together like oh they like find out this information and then it eventually leads to the brother as opposed to like having both side by side so that was like what I was thinking but it sounds like what was done in the movie did work for like the general audience so Mm -hmm. I think it it sounds like it worked fine yeah I think also just the way I see it right because I wasn't surprised that Robert De Niro was bad but I think it's kind of where if you will we're like the you know the the people of like the Osage nation in the sense that they were like really trusting of him yeah um and then it's just kind of like since they were trusting of him i wanted to trust him and because he kind of he kind of proved to be like trustworthy Mm -hmm. he seemed to like care for them and he was really kind of like integrated in the community like he spoke their native language Mm -hmm. um and so i wasn't blindsided when i found out but I'm like, it was kind of like, damn, I should have known better when he when he did turn out to be bad. Where do both of you fall when somebody says, I don't think I think this movie uh, could have shown more of the Osage perspective. Where do both of you fall? Do you fall? Do you agree with that? Uh, do you agree with that opinion? Do you agree? But also too conditionally. Or do you disagree? Yeah, that was going to be what I was going to say next. <laughs> um, yeah, I my other like main critique of this movie is that I was very surprised by the POV that they took, which was like showing it from the perspective of like Ernest and the um, sheriff. Um, for context, in the book, they do it entirely from or largely from the perspective of the investigator. I don't necessarily, I don't think that would have made a better movie either because that's like even further removed from the community. Um, So I'm glad that they actually, they actually originally adapted it into a screenplay that was told from that perspective. Um, And Leonardo DiCaprio was supposed to be playing the investigator, but then at some point they decided to scrap that and change the perspective and then Leo was recast as Ernest. Um, But so, yeah, I am glad that they didn't go with that. But I still feel I what I really would have wanted to see was for them to, like, center the Osage narrative a lot more. I think they did do a good job of, like, um, occasionally, like, showing Molly's thoughts. I think there are, like, some voiceovers that we get from her. There are, like, some moments of, like, her talking to her sister and their language like about the white men in their community um we get some like you know tribal meetings like with the elders um but i think like ultimately like this is 
the story of the Osage people, like just stepping back and thinking about the history. And this is a story about how they were like very wrongfully mur- murdered and the repercussions still go into like present day. And it's like a horrible thing that is omitted from most history books. And yeah, ultimately, I think this is their story to tell and like their voice and their narrative should be centered here um, and their characters and their community. And so I didn't like the choice of the movie, like really centering the narrative of the white men who are like committing the murders. And I feel like they put in a lot more effort to make like Ernest's character, like very three-dimensional and like making him complex and giving him texture and just giving him all these like interesting motivations, which by the way, like almost none of which was in the book. So I don't actually know how much of it was fictionalized versus like they did additional research. Like they added the whole like love story of how they met and like we really don't see like any of that stuff in the book. So one thing is I am curious, like how do they even like come up with that? And, but also like why? Because I feel like if like you want to make someone like more three-dimensional and like more interesting and the center of the narrative, it should have been like people from the Osage community. And I think that could have only been done if it were Osage people making this movie instead of Martin Scorsese. So that's kind of, that, that's been like the biggest thing that I think like bothered me about the movie. Where, where I disagree with you, Zareen, I think this movie was made, was made not for the Osage people. I think it was made for people, people like us, people who are not part of the Osage community. Because there's a lot of, there's a lot of reasons why. I'll, I'll cover like a bit. First thing is is uh, really just kind of I think the purpose of this movie is to kind of just hold a mirror up to ourselves and see like, hey, we're seeing all these murders, but are we going to say anything? Are we going to are we just going to let them lie? You know, it's like because the cool thing about this movie is that the murders are not sensationalized at all. They're 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 very much a lot of the murders are like wide shots and then you just hear you just hear the gunshot and it, and it, and it just the, like the blood spatters whereas like in other martin scorsese films or or in <clears throat> typical like blockbuster movies the gore is like in a quentin tarantino film the, the gore is really sensationalized it's really like just exaggerated and, and played played for the the uh played just for it to um be like wow look at this death isn't that crazy but then in this movie when people were killed it was very uh it was very low-key and so i i feel like that respected the osage people and uh but but speaking to what i was talking about it's made for people like us who don't know a lot about it but also have to really uh reckon with the idea i mentioned this earlier that america was built on these atrocities on these stealing of other people's land we um just taking other people's resources taking advantage of them right a lot of white supremacy that's what america was built off of and i feel like this movie was made uh for those for people like us to really see that and granted we do live in a bubble 
but like imagine if you're imagine if you're living in the south and you're watching this imagine if you live in oklahoma watching this and you're like wow i didn't really learn about this in school like this is kind of crazy now granted <laughs> some people uh unfortunately do not get the message i'll give an example after my screening there is these a bunch of old white people uh down in the handicap section and then when the powwow music was playing they were like yeah come on dance and then they started like doing like native american stereotypes they were like oh. and i'm like obviously you didn't get the movie buddy oh my and god it, it was so bad it was we were you like were doing Lol. that during the movie no, like at the end, you know how oh, like yeah. at the yeah. end when the 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 current Osage people they show, um, they're like tr- whatever cultural tribal music they're playing. Yeah, they were just like dancing, and they, I was like, obviously they oh, didn't. God. They obviously they didn't understand the meaning of of the film, and <laughs> and the target was missed. But I think that's why the film was told in that way, just to show just the how we are complicit in these murders by just doing nothing and also to how how uh we remain complacent when we don't say anything about these murders and um that's why like this movie really does take its time showing every single murder showing the white perspective because it's this movie is like very uncomfortable it's very uncomfortable very sinister and it's hard to watch but it's it's a story that needs to be watched so that hopefully it won't happen again right and i feel like um when it's told for that purpose for this specific audience um because like like you said too this is this wasn't made by somebody who is an osage person and i don't think it would have been right for martin scorsese to tell it from an osage point of view because he would have he 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 would have been i i feel like even um flayed even more because uh those people from the osage is like that you didn't tell it right and i feel like he did a good job because some things i loved about the movie was when um molly and ernest were talking in their in in, in molly's native language and then there's no dialogue there's no subtitles and you're just like what are they saying? Like you can just tell by body language what what what's communicating, but I feel like that's a really cool um invitation for you to really like hey, what is look look it up yourself. What what are they trying to say? And and I think I feel like a lot of when when you do stuff like that, it invites people to do their own research and and look up more about the Osage people, because I think that's what this movie is trying to do as well. Um, trying to tell, the, trying to um, show what happened to the Osage people, but also to like uh, not give them all the answers, so that their so that their history can still be f- uh, discovered uh, when people do look it up on their own volition. So I, I really like that aspect about it. And also too, I think Megan Megan was talking about what what would that what would this movie look like? I feel like if obviously at the end of the day, unfortunately, a movie's purpose is to make money. And um, when you do get somebody like Martin Scorsese, this it is gonna it is going to draw a lot of attraction. But what I really do like is that Martin Scorsese uses his platform, especially at eighties eighty years old, he uses his platform to tell a story about 
a certain genre that he's perfect at making that white crime drama that white crime drama and really just criticizing it and kind of like I mean taking I didn't like the Irishman but taking look at looks at the Irishman the Irishman was kind of a de-romanticization de of the uh of the gangster mob mafia right how the hard side of what it's like living as a gangster and then same thing with here is just talking about um it's not really glamour uh, glamorizing uh what it's like being a white man in the 20s right it's it's kind of just like like they did these things and they did these things to try to get ahead but it's not it's not cool at all so i feel like because I, I feel like if somebody from um the osh community told this story they wouldn't have gotten nearly as much funding as he did also too this they, there wouldn't have been this scale of like publicity and also to marketing for this movie so i think you know martin scorsese is trying to do the best job he can and we'll, we'll talk it a bit i'll talk about it a bit too in the like fourth act of the movie um when he, when he does make his cameo but um yeah i feel i feel like this movie is appropriate and from where it comes from and i feel like it like i do agree with you i wish uh in, in particular molly was in the movie more but um i feel i i i'm fine sacrificing her runtime when i for me personally when i kind of internalize the purpose and like who the audience who the intended audience is for and when i sit when i see it's the intended audience is everybody but the osage people to relive and kind of just uh, understand what it's like to have gone through those atrocities that they that they've gone through, then I'm I'm more so like um, fine and uh, with uh, how the story was told. So so that that's what I think about the coverage of of the Native American people. Oh, that's interesting to hear that perspective. Um... I think like I hadn't thought about it in the sense of like using the white man to like basically put the audience members in their shoes and like make them complicit with what's going on. And I think that is like a pretty powerful like storytelling device and like an interesting way to like involve the audience in what's going on. So I do think that's a fair point. Um, and I also... It is also goes without saying that like having a director like Martin Scorsese brings in more funding, reaches a wider audience. Similarly for you, my um, my screening was like a lot of like old white people um, who probably would not be seeing the movie otherwise if it wasn't made by him. Um, and yeah, you get to like reach more people with that. So I think from like that perspective, it's like it is a very fair point that it's like using the platform to tell a version of the story that is like meant for this particular audience. And so I think like with that vision in mind, I think he did a good job with that. But I also don't agree that that is necessarily the best vision for this particular story. Um, I think like some criticisms that I've seen, like, of course, I cannot speak on behalf of like the native voice or perspective um but like several um 
like criticism that I've seen from like native actors or, you know, Osage consultants who worked on the movie or just like other uh, members of the community. Um, in contrast to what you said about the violence, um, I did see a lot of like native responses saying that they actually thought it was very violent and shocking and did not like the way that the deaths were portrayed on the screen. Um, and yeah, so that's like a perspective that they brought in about that. Um, and I think like another thing is that like so much of what we see about like indigenous people in America is just the story of like the violence and the trauma that they experienced. And that is kind of like the singular narrative that we know about them. And um, a lot of Native people are interested in having like more to be shown and said about themselves beyond just like this one dimensional, like the trauma that they have lived with for generations. Um, and they want to see themselves as people, as individuals, like their joys their celebrations and um like I don't know what specifically that will look like in this particular story but I think that it is very true that anytime you're having you know a non-native like director or whoever creating something about them that it is going to be this kind of like one-dimensional perspective on them and you really need like someone from the community to be telling the story to like give more dimensionality to their people and like show who they are beyond these atrocities. And I think um, the show Reservation Dogs does a really, really good job of this. Um, I don't know if either of you have seen that or heard of it. No, but I have because after this movie, after doing like more, more research into like uh, indigenous um, created shows. So. Um, yeah, I would yes. highly, highly recommend it. It's, so phenomenal it's created by um taika waititi and sterling harjo and it's about like four like contemporary um indigenous it's also set in oklahoma um four indigenous um teenagers who are kind of like stuck on this reservation and like life isn't great there um and they're like dealing with a lot of shit that's going on there and they're just like trying to get out they're trying to like move on with their lives and it's a really really beautiful coming of age story that just like has so much color and texture to it and you just see both them as individuals as these like individual teenagers as well as how they interact with the elders in their community how their whole community has like changed and grown and evolved over time and i i honestly think it's like one of the best shows made in the past several years um and yeah i think that's like such an incredible example of like a hugely successful like native told story and um i i wish we could have seen i would love to see a version of killers of the flower moon that would have a similar perspective and voice to it um even though they're completely different stories but um yeah i think there was there was a lot like that i left wanting from the movie but i do agree that like with this part specific like audience and platform in mind that Martin Scorsese set out to create, I think he succeeded 
in like his vision of that. My next question is, do you, do you, so I was talking about Ernest a bit. Do you think Ernest loved Molly? My short answer, I just kind of want to hear, but I guess just to contribute, I, because I think love is not like a one size fits all. Like it looks different. I think he cared for her, but he was very much bullied by his uncle to commit such atrocities. Because I guess the argument could be like, why would you do that to someone you love? Which I very much agree with. However, I think he did have some sort of, I think he did care for her. Um, but he was very much manipulated and bullied. I think he was he was very submissive to whatever his uncle told him to do. I think he was very much intimidated by his uncle. Um, and I think that was stronger than his love for Molly. That's all I have to say. And maybe it could add more based off what y'all say. He's a spineless fuck. Yeah. I agree. I think he, like, cared for Molly, but ultimately did not love her. Like, I think, like, from the very beginning, and again, I don't know how much of this is actually true, or they just, like, made it up for the movie, but we'll just go with what they had in the movie. Um, yeah, I mean, from the very beginning, his intentions were, like, sullied. Like, he basically, like, pursued Molly because his uncle put that idea in his head. Um, like, I know he says that, that's not true at the end but it's like it's like too much of a co coincidence to like not at least be an idea in the back of his head when he pursues her to like you know to be doing it for some ulterior motive to like get her money and i think like he probably like would not have tried to harm her if yeah there weren't all of this like pressure from his uncle like i think he he was greedy but like he could have also like cared for her and been kind to her um but because of his uncle and i guess like ultimately his like both his i guess respect for his uncle or just like desire to please him fear. or whatever yeah his fear yeah um and that plus his just like inherent greed was like way stronger than any feelings that he had for Molly. And I think that's enough of a comparison to say that he didn't love her. Um, and I feel like that he had opportunities to not harm her. Like he, if he wanted, he could have not given her the poison with um, her insulin because I feel like he, he definitely like could have done that while still like appeasing his uncle but he still, like, went... I mean, I I know he, like, put less of it in it or whatever. But, like, he he definitely did not, like, do the actions of, like, a person who actually, like, loved and wanted to protect his wife. So, yeah. But I, I still do think he felt bad for what he did. But that still doesn't mean he necessarily, like, loved her. I I agree. I don't think he loved her. He did care for her. And yeah, he did care for her, but no, it's like did the shit he did 
and very especially too like uh talking about like obviously we knew like he was involved with all the murders but then uh talking about a point earlier like that editing choice where you see him he's the one who beat up the, the private investigator that molly hired it's like yeah no like she he was he chose to be in that so no he he didn't love her but definitely he cared like he cared for her though um but uh but yeah i mean at least for me but before like i think uh i think like the fourth act got talking about that is, is like a good way to wrap it up but everything before that i think like one of my favorite characters was the was the native american um cia agent i thought he was super sick he carried oh so much God. swagger i was like yes. Dude, this guy is so cool <laughs> i was like i'm gonna lie i don't know if this is like inappropriate but he was like hella hot he yes was, oh, yeah. like, he was hella attractive i was literally we were all I was like it. i was like i'm gonna say this in movie club and i don't know if it's like inappropriate but he was super attractive oh my yeah, god just the way he carried himself and then like yeah. especially that scene where where he's taking in that guy he's like he's like don't, don't run he's like don't something. run he's like don't do anything stupid and, and you're just like <laughs> yo you're cool bro <laughs> yeah, no literally and when it was catch. Her, when it was revealed that he was part, that was actually probably the most jaw-dropping thing to me in that movie. When I was really? talking about surprises, <laughs> when he, when it was revealed that he was like a part of the, like you know FBI or whatever, like I was like, oh my god, that was shocking to me. Yeah, I thought <laughs> he was like a some family member trying to like fuck things up. Dang. Oh, I just genuinely thought what he he said what he was was that. He was just visiting because he found out that he had some like Osage blood in him, mm-hmm. which is kind of funny because I feel like that was it wasn't randomly put in there, but it's just like it was kind of randomly put in there. But it kind of like made sense because you know he came, he's this like person who's bringing you know has focus on him, and then he's you know came out of nowhere, and I was like, oh my god, he was a you know FBI agent this whole time, yeah. See, I didn't get any of these surprises. I was like, oh, yeah, it's that guy. Hello. <laughs> I was like, none of the other white people know it's him. What losers? <laughs> you see, I would be very interested to see like a, a, a story told of like a Native American FBI agent from like that perspective. And like, like separate from like this story. I think that'd be super interesting. Try to um, trying to fit into the white world. I think that would be, like, an interesting story. Yeah, I don't know if he was, like, um, an FBI agent. I think, like, the, like, Jesse Plemons character just, like, just, like, rounded up a bunch of people he knew, like, for this particular investigation. But I don't know if he, like, worked in D.C., you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, um, I really love that character. I think that character was super sick. And then, um, yeah, just a bunch of, like, the smaller characters. Like, that guy who was, who, who was, like... Now my uh my children, they're they're half uh they're half uh engine. Uh what would happen if they died? <laughs> oh my <laughs> god. That was so funny. I was like, dude, you're such a you're such a you're Yeah, stupid. it was it was really interesting yeah. just to see like the lanes that these white people would go to to like take advantage of like the indigenous people. And then he <laughs> yeah, because that guy he was like, okay, so because then the banker or whatever was like, so you're going to like murder your children or something. <laughs> and I was like, what is going on? 
it's just yeah. it was absolutely insane and, and absurd. absurd yeah like it's it's like because i feel like that was kind of done as like humor just because it's mm-hmm. so absurd but it's like by that time in the movie after you've seen like all the murders that happened it's just like since that absurdity is just like, in the context of this whole situation it's so unfathomable but it's where it's kind of funny but it's like so true like mm-hmm. just everything like made sense um yeah that was crazy and it, it was really cool too seeing early in the movie how how white people were begging native americans like native americans were at the top of the totem pole yeah and then white people were like uh second-rate citizens just exactly uh, they were like their maids their servants mm-hmm. I thought that was super cool to see. I was like, "Whoa!" And then it just got, mm-hmm. it just got sad how just slowly that dissipated um, mm-hmm. over over the course of the movie. But um, but yeah, does does anybody else have anything else to say before we talk about like that decision that uh, I guess script decision about about the end of the movie? I will say like um, something else. I think they could have added more about was just like more context and background about like all the systems that were in play like the headright system the guardianship system because i feel like they kind of they would just like mention it lightly but i i don't think they like fully explained or distilled like how fucked up things were like they yeah the the white people would um like they instituted all these laws of how they needed to have like a guardian so they they like didn't trust the the native people they were like oh they're like not smart enough to like or responsible enough to make decisions on their own and through guardianships these people would just be like literally controlling their entire lives their entire finances and it was like a really really messed up system and then yeah same with the head rights and like people would like forge head rights and like make up you know they're like oh yeah this guy told me I could have it. So here you go. Now I get your money. Um, so yeah, there were just like a lot of like beyond the individual actions of these like murderers there, like there were kind of like federal and like statewide rules and regulations that really, really constricted um, what they could do and like what types of like freedoms and what they could do with their wealth. So it was kind of like institutionalized. Okay, so I guess we can talk about that um, that choice to uh, share information uh, through the kind of like how pe- I guess people received information back then um, through like this kind of like radio show about true detective um, stories. Uh, initially, did you guys like that presentation? Did you guys think it was unique? Were you surprised? Um, Megan, what did you think about that? That was actually probably the, the other like jaw-dropping thing. <laughs> that and the Native American FBI agent or CIA agent. That was like really interesting that like the, we were hearing the story technically how it was presented to like this very white audience as like entertainment um 
that's all I could say. Is that was just very interesting. It kind of felt. Yeah, it just felt very, it felt very, like, like, exploitative or, like, insensitive. Because I feel like it wasn't used as a means to, like, be informative. It was more as, like, a means to be, like, entertained. At least from what I remember of that scene. Um, but that's all I have to say about that. That was just, that was very, like, interesting and shocking to me. I, yeah, I was definitely like confused when that it shifted to that because it was quite a tonal shift from like this very serious like historical events that we're seeing and then changing. It was almost like a breaking of the fourth wall type of thing. Um, yeah, I I don't like fully understand, so I'm like curious to hear what y'all think, like why that they chose that or what the purpose of that was. Um, but I feel like maybe it was supposed to be kind of like a mirror to the audience because you're kind of like seeing yourself getting the information through some like the means of entertainment, which is exactly what we as audience members were doing. We're like consuming these like horrible tragedies that actually happen in real life, but through the means of a movie that is supposed to like entertain us. Um and I think it also has something to say about, like, who tells these stories. Because um, it's kind of like they're showing these, like, actors on stage who are kind of, yeah, just making light of the of what happened. Um, so, yeah, that's that's about as far as I got in terms of thinking of that scene. Yeah, I agree with you. I think, like, ultimately... Well, I thought that scene was cool. I think, um... But more so, I think it was, like, a critique about um, how we, like you said, Zareen, uh, sometimes consume information and just uh, are really callous about it just because we view it as entertainment and forget that, um, especially for this one, uh, this happened in real life. Um, so, and I think what is even more important is how Martin Scorsese came, like, uh, made a cameo and just, I forget what he talked about. <laughs> Do you guys remember what he talked about? But like, I, I just know that he just talked about the people. He talked about like, um, I think the people, but specifically what Molly was up to and what, what oh, she's doing he, currently. Yeah. He gave the, the her obituary, like her, that, uh, like they divorced. They divorced. Yeah. Oh yeah, like her life, how her life ended. They mm -hmm. divorced, and then she got like remarried, and like what happened to Ernest? Like mm -hmm. he spent. Did he do like life in prison? Yeah, he did life in prison. Yeah. That was crazy. That was absolutely kind of funny because it's like, you know, he did all of this to try to escape the consequences, but then she, when she had that final conversation of like, "Did you poison me?" and then she, and he denied it, and then the um what's his jesse plummins or whatever the actor he was in the room he was like oh fucking goodness because he like heard this conversation that i don't think was ever considered that he was poisoning his wife i don't know if that was ever considered but then i think that was kind of like when it was revealed that he did some other atrocity and so i think that's what actually what he did time for 
was the pos was the possible murder of Molly. Obviously, it didn't happen. But I just thought that was funny, just because I was like, he thought he was kind of like escaping it when he was testifying against his uncle, and then that information was revealed, and I think that's what put him in prison. I could be wrong though. Yeah, and and so I guess just speaking it out, I think like ultimately, I think Martin Scorsese chose to do this cameo kind of just to like own up to his work and kind of admit that this is the information presented however i don't know everything i don't like i can't speak on their perspective um however i'm doing my job as an as an artist as a creator to tell these stories to uh, as many people as I can. However, I really want you to try to, at the end of the day, it just goes back to what I talked about, just trying to find out the information on your own. So, and I think uh, Martin Scorsese does a good job with all the choices he did in the movie, and especially to the last, the last act, how he chose to, um, how he chose to depict the information being told through what people in the 60s received information and how unfortunately we the audience still receive information like that but he he wants to like just challenge us and be and for us to um not be complacent with uh atrocities that are happening around the world instead uh, take the onus upon ourselves to speak up and also to advocate for uh, these people who are oppressed so that they can live a life that is um, not full of oppression and just just kind of just a shitty life where uh, unfortunately white people are taking advantage of them. So um, I, I thought it was very brave of Martin Scorsese to go up and like show himself because i feel like he doesn't do that as much anymore like his older movies he did so i i thought that was cool to see him but it, it wasn't distracting but i like to drive home the point of the entire movie i thought it was super cool to see him uh on the screen all right i after talking i give this one a fat four stars out of five stars how about the userine? Same. Four stars. How about you, Megan? Megan? I will rate it a four out of five as well. So fours across the board. Four stars for the three stars. Nice. Lol. A. One okay. for each hour of the movie. One for each hour. <laughs> and they're like, we round up. Yeah, we half round star up. for the half. Uh, we round up. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, all, okay, right, all right, Zareen. Question oh, yeah. Question all right. So we are recording this on Hollow's Eve. Tomorrow is Halloween. <laughs> so wanted to ask um, some questions about Halloween costumes. So first, um, I guess this is a three-part question. So first, what did you dress up as this year? Um, and how you decided that, if that's relevant. Um, what are some, second is, what are some, like, 
TV or movie characters or other pop culture characters you've dressed up as in the past, if you ever have. And last is like what movie slash TV character or pop culture character would you like to dress up in as in the future that you have not dressed up as before? So I can go mm-hmm. first. So this year I did a, I was, I was lazy this year. Um, I reused a costume that I made a couple years ago, which was I dressed up as Phoebe Bridgers, who was a singer. Um, and she famously wears a skeleton costume when she goes on stage at concerts. Um, so you'll see a lot of her fans and stuff wearing like skeleton costumes. And she also has like white hair, um, dyed. Uh, so yeah, a couple years ago, I like thrifted like a nice long black coat and then I like used fabric paint and like painted a skeleton on it. Um, so I wore that again. And then a friend of mine actually had the same costume idea and she had a white wig for hers. So she lent that to mine. So I wore that and it was fun. Um, yeah, so that was me this year. And then in the past, so in college, I had two years when I dressed up as, um, characters from animated TV shows. I think dressing up as animated characters is always a really fun idea because the character design is usually like pretty recognizable and like unique, um, versus trying to dress up as someone from like a live action show or movie is often harder because they just like look like people (laughs) so um one year i dressed up as louise belcher from bob's burgers and she has these like pink bunny ears that are very distinctive so everyone got that and then another year i dressed up as bojack from bojack horseman and he has a horse so i got like the rubber horse head along with like his outfit um not a lot of people got that but um that's okay (laughs) the few people who did were very excited so that's what counts (laughs) um and uh something i want to dress up as in the future i like thought about it this year but i just like did not put in any effort to make it happen so maybe next year um i really love the animated harley quinn show on hbo very fun um and specifically um poison ivy plays a pretty big role in the movie she's like one of the lead protagonists besides harley quinn um and i just i love i love her look she she's freaking hot um she's got the red hair cool blazer the green skin the plants so i think that would be really fun to dress up as and like get a friend to be harley um so yeah hopefully hopefully next year on the pod i'll be talking about that (laughs) um jared tell us about your costumes yeah so this year i uh teamed up with evan a fourth star of ours and we we typically try to keep it movie themed so uh, this year we wanted to dress up as in honor of Ryan Gosling uh, for Ken. However, we were firm. Well, I don't know about him, but I was a firm believer. If you dressed up as Barbie this year, sorry, you're basic. I think you had you had your chance at the movie True. theaters, no but worries. you're 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 basic. That's a, that's all I got to say. Anyways, 
Um, to honor Ryan Gosling, we chose a Ryan Gosling character that wasn't Ken to be for for Halloween. So uh, Evan, uh, he showed up as a very niche, but um, very on the, on the dot, uh, Ryan Gosling in La La Land. But he was Ryan Gosling when he was at the pool party. So he was wearing a white shirt like tan pants a red jacket and then red glasses but then he had like a red keyboard so i don't know if you remember that pool party scene where she requested i i ran but just so you know you'd never request i ran from a professional musician so uh that's what he ended up being and my ryan gosling outfit was um holland march from the nice guys so i had uh, just from the poster, so I had blue pants with like a tan shirt, and then the tie, and then I made my own, made my own bandage cast, and I had a stash. Um, but that that was my costume for question. This. Question: mm-hmm. Did anyone recognize either of you? Uh, for me, yes. Uh, so we went to I went we went to two parties. Uh, the first one, uh, the first party, I got recognized, but they like forgot the movie. And it was mm. funny. I, I I didn't even like share. It's like you know how I was like, oh, what are you supposed to be? It was legit. We're hanging out. He's like, whoa, you're you're that. Like it, it was just that you're that guy. And then I'm like, yeah. But then the second one, uh, it was interesting because he said, are you that guy from hot like Hollywood? And then he he wasn't talking about those characters. He was talking about my character, but he just got the wrong movie. So mm. which was interesting um okay okay so half point. yeah yeah but but no not, not a lot of people got my costume which is fine but it's cool because when i show them the picture they're like whoa that's actually uh, that was actually pretty accurate i'm like oh yeah like it was yeah so nice, nice um but yeah if you know you know but speaking on that uh last year i dressed up and i'm putting evan on blast a bit he and i were supposed to be uh the two characters from once upon a time in hollywood i was brad pitt and he was supposed to be Leonardo DiCaprio, but he bailed on me last minute. Um, I don't, I don't blame him. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's what I was last year. And um, yeah, I haven't really taken Halloween seriously until uh, post COVID. Now it's like kind of fun. But um, one that I really want to do, but probably not going to, is I really want to do Dune as a as a halloween costume but i feel like that's Ooh. just super hard and i feel like i had to create everything on I my feel like own everyone's gonna do that next year yeah so i because I, I really wanted yeah just like get like blue contacts i think that'd be a sick as heck um i really want and i think i might be able to do it next year if i want to i wanted to be spider-man 2099 uh i think his name is miguel miguel o'hara uh isaac um what's his name um the voice actor um oscar isaac oscar isaac yeah the that character i uh because i was trying to look up like brown people i can like play from popular movies so i was like oh i can play him so that's one possibly on the table with with the uh third one coming out whenever it comes out probably in 2025 and would have come out this friday and oh you talk about dune you talk about dune Oh yeah, oh, sorry, Dune, yeah, Dune, Dune. Dune. Sorry, not Spider Man. Yeah, no, so sad. Yeah. 
But and then another one is I want to be Brock from Pokemon. Um, hey, he's oh my god! Boy. Yes, oh, that's, that's like an easy good costume. Yeah, and recognizable. I, mm-hmm. And I and I and I like doing like DIY, even though you can like buy stuff. Like I like yeah. I, I think I think that's what's fun about um, Halloween. You can like make it on your own. Uh, but yeah, those 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 are my halloween costumes and what i want to be how about you megan mine this year was i kind of low-key suck at halloween even though i like it a lot sometimes i don't i i don't know sometimes they put too much pressure on me to be like original and then also to be like have a pretty good outfit like i one of my things personally is that i don't want my outfit to look like i I gathered it last minute. <laughs> but what I was this year was just because I needed a costume and not necessarily that I wanted to do it. Um, was so from everything everywhere all at once, the daughter Joy. Um, it is one of her characters. It was like one of her personas or whatever. I was um her. I was like the golf. If you remember from the movie, to be honest, I didn't really remember until I looked it up. So I'm like one, the one in the golf outfit, which was like the big thing that gave it away was um, the eye makeup. She has like pink eye makeup. So I just put pink eye makeup. But I just it was like good. and It was OK. No one recognized me, which is fine because they're all losers. Um, but that was my thing this year. What I would want to be, I want to, it's just my favorite movie. I would want to be Amelie. I feel like the thing that gives her away is her haircut, though. Because I feel like I could yes. very much have her style. It's her haircut. So I would need a wig. Because there's no way. No, what do you I'm mean? Having... You, gotta, you gotta cut your hair. No, what there's the no way in heck that I'm having my hair cut like that. Um, that would be so cute, though. I know. So that, let me think. Um, I would want to be Amelie costumes. I just in general. Yeah, if you've dressed up as like a character, like a TV movie character. No, I haven't dressed up as like a TV movie character. I honestly need to up my Halloween game. I want to be Amelie. I also want to be Natalie Portman's Black Swan. Ooh, and like when I'm talking about being these characters, I want to be like a hundred percent them. Like, you take a picture and it looks like them. Like, I want to have, like, the outfit, some ballet-looking shoes. Um, I think she has wings, maybe, but, like, the eye makeup. Yeah, That's, like, I preparation, be... like, months in advance. Like, yeah, exactly. That would be so <laughs> sick, though. I, that would be but a the thing is costume. that I feel like that's not, like, super hard to, like... I don't know, maybe. Yeah. But, um... I would want to be Natalie Portman's Black Swan or one that I was going to look into this year and I was going to send it, but I didn't realize that the outfit was a little bit more revealing than I would have liked. I wanted, this is the outfit I was actually set on doing. And then I saw it was a little bit more revealing and I was I opted not to. So I went with everything everywhere all at once last minute. I wanted to be Margot Robbie from Babylon in the red dress. I wanted nice. to be here so badly. So maybe next year when I feel more comfortable in my body. But um, yeah, that is 
those are like the costumes that I would want. But I've never been any characters. I was Cinderella when I was like a kid. We all were. Yeah. <laughs> in elementary school. I And I was Barbie. I was Barbie oh. when I was like four. Oh my god, which Jared, do you remember that you outfit? Were, yeah, I, I we have the home videos. It's like I was just like white Barbie. Yeah, and she was like a sleek, like pink. Yeah, fit. Oh Honestly, Megan looked pretty good in that fit, not gonna lie. Yeah, I know it was so cute. Before Damn. it was popular. Yeah. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> yeah, Dude, well, I, should, you, I should bring that. What back. would you guys say are like some of the the basic outfits that you you actually are a fan of for Halloween? Like, for example, one that comes to mind, I think people, I think at least for guy on the guy side, they look cool if they're like Jedi's. I, I, I think like I think those are kind of cool if they have like the whole setup and even to like the ear, the, the hair coming down. Because I, I, I had that once when I was in uh, first grade. Oh, the little braid. The little braid. Yeah, because mm. I, I think like that is a basic outfit. But I think I think like guys can rock that. I was curious to think if you had any that came to mind. I like I the question, curious. but I don't have an answer because I. All the outfits that I think are basic are just like stupid. Just like angels, like angels, <laughs> devil, angels, devil. like a little cat, mm-hmm. you know, with like little ears. You know, oh, yeah. been pop- I- I've been seeing around a lot is like girls being cow cowgirls and then wearing like the reverse. Reverse. Yeah, I know. Reverse I saw unit. so many people that's like doing kinda, that. That's like kind of basic. Um, Wait, what? Wait, what? They it's would dress up cowgirl. as yeah. They would dress up oh, as a cowgirl and put like reverse on, stupid. like reverse Uno. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. like, okay. <laughs> oh my god, that's oh. interesting. Yeah, like, inappropriate. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> oh, yeah. lovely. But yeah, I guess we can move on to recommendations. So for the month of November uh myself and megan are recommending so since i recommended this past october i'll go first for november so for november i thinking about a relatively lighter watch because i know megan's traveling a bit and we're all busy however um even though it's lighter i think it's a fall essential i i recommend uh twilight from 2008 i've i've never seen it I, oh my god I think, wait so. actually <laughs> this, i'm so excited wait, no. wait that's so funny that with, that's gonna be paired with my movie let's do a twilight eclipse double feature <laughs> wait is no, there i'm kidding i'm kidding no i would be totally <laughs> down wait jared what is it the twilight on Twilight's oh, on uh amazon amazon let's see if eclipse is on here I don't even know if that's the second one or the third one. Let's see. Um, I think New Moon. New Moon. Is the second one? New Moon is also on Amazon. Okay, let's go. Let's Let's just full send Twilight. (laughs) Okay, so Twilight and Twilight New Moon? Yeah. Twilight and New Moon. I'm pretty sure. Hold on. And then we will will revisit... uh, the entire series later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Wow. So oh. if uh, if you want to watch Twilight and Twilight New Moon, uh, please watch it before our next podcast. Our podcasts come out at the beginning of each month, and we are available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and also to uh, Amazon Prime. 
So please uh, follow us on any of those platforms. And also, too, even though we're the three stars, uh, please give us five stars wherever you're listening. And yes, I cannot wait to talk about Twilight in the next ones. So I'm super excited for that. Other than that, happy Halloween, happy fall. We'll see happy y'all Scorpio then. Happy Scorpio season. Scorpios. If you celebrate that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>